Well, how we doing tonight, Exchange? Hey, I don't know about you. I just walked into the room on that last song, but uh, I just feel the spirit of God is in this room today, and I just know uh, that tonight's going to be an impactful night. But I want to take a moment before I even jump into this message. Help me honor our team that helps make these nights happen, all the way from Gabby to Lindsay uh, to the production team, worship team. It's a special thing that God is doing, and if we haven't met, my name is Mark. I get the opportunity of serving as the young adult pastor here. And um, help me just welcome all the first-timers as well. Come on, let's put our hands together for them. I'm glad that you're here. We're glad that you are with us. Uh, tonight, we're concluding a series that we've been in called This is Personal. This is personal. This is personal. And I'm just so excited for what God has for us. Um, you know, as we talk about this is personal, I think about what Trey just said in this video. He said, what I realized is there was more. Yeah. What I realized is God had more from my life. And I'm just believing today that each and every one of us are going to leave this room realizing that there's more. I'm believing tonight, I've been praying for the past couple weeks for this message. And I'm just sensing and believing that each and every one of us are going to leave marked and leave different tonight. Because tonight I want to speak to you on the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to speak to you on the power of the Holy Spirit. And what I do know, this could be uh, a moment where people start to cringe. They hear Holy Spirit, like, whoa, you know. It's gonna like start pulling out snakes and casting out demons and y'all ain't grow up in a Pentecostal church anyways. <laughs> what I realize is when it comes to this idea of the Holy Spirit, so many of us today are missing out on the intimacy and the relationship and the power of the Holy Spirit. And what I do know to be true when it comes to this idea of the Holy Spirit, and as I was preparing this talk tonight, God didn't want me to just jump up on the stage and tell you three facts about the Holy Spirit or give you some practical handles to follow after the Holy Spirit or to be led by the Holy Spirit. I sense tonight God doesn't want you to leave this room knowing the Holy Spirit. He wants you to leave this room filled of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want you to just know the Holy Spirit. I'm believing tonight God wants you to leave filled of the Holy Spirit. So before I even start, I just want to start by praying. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your presence. God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your love and your kindness. I thank you, God, that you are here in the room. And God, you are getting ready to reveal to us, God, that there is more. There's more that you have for us. There's more that you want to do in us. There's more that you want to do through us. So Lord, have your way. Let us leave forever changed. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it's the great author and preacher. His name is Francis Chan that, Francis Chan that once said this. He said, the Holy Spirit is the forgotten God in the Christian faith. The Holy Spirit is the forgotten God in the Christian faith. How many of you know this is true? And if you believe in Jesus, chances are the gospel to you, it means God loves us so much and he's seated on a throne in heaven and God has all authority over man on heaven and earth. And God, because he is so rich in love and mercy, he sent his son Jesus. And Jesus, he, he lived the perfect life that we couldn't live. And Jesus, after his three-year uh, ministry here on earth, he died a criminal's death. And that's the gospel. But what I believe to be true is the gospel doesn't stop there. 
Jesus Christ, he defeated sin, death, and the grave. After three days, he rose again. He appeared to man, and he let man know, I got to go back to be seated with the Father, and when I do, I'm sending my spirit. But so many of us, we simplified the gospel to say God the Father and the Son, but we've forgotten about the Spirit. And if you're a follower of Jesus, we call this the Godhead, the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I'm trying to help you understand today, there is power in the Holy Spirit. There's power in the Spirit. And we can't forget about his power today. When I think about this, what I know to be true is so many of us today, we're attempting to live this Christ-like lifestyle without the power of the Holy Spirit. We're attempting to put on this this Christian culture, but we aren't doing it with the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it says this, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, he lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. I just wonder, could you imagine for a moment If each and every one of us as followers of Jesus truly not only read this scripture and thought it was an amazing scripture, but we lived knowing that the spirit of the living God was within us. Could you imagine how different our lives would be? Could you imagine how different the world might be if we lived with this reality? Things would change. I believe as we talk about this, we've got to be honest with ourselves. We've got to be honest, and we've got to come to the reality that we don't live with a daily dependence upon the Holy Spirit. And can I just submit this thought to you? Maybe that's why some of you are struggling to navigate through this life. I think about this quote that always stuck with me. This quote says this, to be a Christian without the power of the Holy Spirit is to be a sailor without wind. To be a Christian without the power of the Holy Spirit is to be a sailor without wind, and that's why some of us are struggling to navigate through this life. We love God, we love Jesus, but we haven't fallen in love with the depth and the power of the Holy Spirit. So today, before we even jump into this message and I preach this message, I wanna give you some foundational understanding of the person of the Holy Spirit. I wanna give you foundational understanding of the person of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is not a principle to be learned. The Holy Spirit is a person to be experienced and encountered. It's important you get this. The Holy Spirit, he is not an it, he is a person. And you can't have intimacy with an it, but you can have intimacy with a person. And what I'm trying to help you to understand off the back is the Holy Spirit, he wants intimacy with you. He wants you to know him. He wants you to invite him in. He wants you to be filled by him. He wants to reside in you. He wants to live in you. You know, I got a nine-month-old daughter. Her name is Harlan, Harlan Ryder. They got a picture of her on the screen. Actually, this was today. Um, This was picture day at school today. Uh, Shout out to the best teacher in the world, Miss Jalen. Where's she at? There she is my daughter's teacher and she does such a great job but you know what's so cute about my daughter is every single morning uh, Michelle and I when when she wakes up uh, we'll sit her up in her crib turn on the lights and we'll have the talk with her you know as a father I've got to tell her you got to stay away from boys boys are just I'm just kidding (laughs) but we'll sit Harlan up in her crib and when we sit her up in her crib 
I'll look at her in the eyes and I'll say, Harlan, say da-da. And Michelle is like, move out the way. Harlan, say mama. We just keep going back and forth, back and forth, but Harlan's only nine months old, and each and every day we're trying to introduce a new word to her, and she kind of struggles, and she just kind of looks at us like we're crazy. She's just like, give me a bottle. But I go, Harlan, listen. I know it's in you, Harlan. You've got this. Say da-da. Listen to me, Harlan. I know you've got this. Say da-da. And after like 35 minutes, I'm like already late to work, Harlan will say a word. And she'll go, da-da, 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 da-da. And she gets so overwhelmed with excitement, starts flailing around and she starts losing it in her crib because she never realized what was inside of her. But it wasn't until the father said, Harlan, look at me in the eye, follow after me, listen to what I am saying, and you will realize there's something in you that's gonna come out, and it's powerful, and exceeds your expectation. Try to give some of you a revelation today. If you're a follower of Jesus, there is something inside of you, and it is powerful beyond your imagination. But you gotta listen to the father. You gotta listen to the voice of the Father. You gotta listen to the instruction of the Father. And in John chapter 13, verse seven, what we'll learn is the Holy Spirit becomes the center of discussion as Jesus and his disciples gather in the upper room. You can read this in John chapter 13 through 17. Jesus, it's the night before he's gonna be crucified and he and the disciples, they're sitting there, they're chilling, they're hanging out, eating some food, maybe Chick-fil-A or something, I don't know. They're hanging out, and as they're hanging out, everybody's having a good time, but Jesus, he, he stands up, and he goes, hey, I, I need you guys to know, I'm going to be arrested, they're going to trial me, they're going to put me in trial, they're going to force me to the point of death by way of crucifixion. They're going to lead me to die a sinner's death on a cross. And in this moment, the disciples, they don't really understand what Jesus is saying. In fact, they're disheartened by what Jesus is saying. Because the disciples, they had left everything that they had to follow after this man. So for them, they're going, what do you mean you're going to die and leave us? But look at what Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 7. He says, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, meaning the Holy Spirit, won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. See, that word advocate, it simply, most simply means the one who comes alongside of. And what Jesus is saying to the disciples and to us, it is better for you to have my spirit inside of you than for me to physically walk beside you. It's better for you to have my spirit within you, than for me to be walking physically alongside of you. And what I wanna help some of you understand is that yes, the Holy Spirit is the living power of God within us. He is our guidance, he is our source, he is our counselor, but friends, understand this. He's the power of God within us. He's the living power of God 
within each and every one of us in this room. And in the Bible, what we do, we hear a man uh, by the name of Paul. And Paul, he was an apostle. Many of you know this man, Paul, he was an apostle, so what was his job? He was a church leader, and he would go around to different regions of Asia, and he would help these churches grow. He would help these church leaders grow in their knowledge of God. But what we learn in the text in Acts chapter 19 is that Paul, he had a passion to help people experience the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 19, what we see is Paul, he's out doing his thing one day, and he's headed into a region called Ephesus. And as he's headed into Ephesus, what we learn later on is that Ephesus was actually the letter that Paul was writing to Ephesus. It was called Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. It's Paul, he pulls up in Ephesus, he sees a group of disciples, these men, they were followers of Jesus. And as he encounters these men that called themselves disciples and followers of Jesus, Paul looks at them and he's like, yo, y'all got that thing on you? Got that Holy Spirit? Some of y'all are like, they were strapped back then? No. <laughs> He's like, you got that Holy Spirit? And these dudes look at him like, what are you talking about, bro? What is the Holy Spirit, Paul? And Paul, in that moment, Scripture tells us in Acts chapter 19, he lays his hands on these men. And he begins to pray over them. And he prays that they would be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And in that moment, these men, they begin to speak in tongues and prophesy. They begin to speak in tongues and prophesy because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I grew up in the church, and I mention this quite often, but I grew up in a number of different denominations of the church and the Christian faith. I grew up um, in an Assemblies of God church. Anybody grow up in Assemblies of God church? Okay, no one wants to raise their hand. There's a reason why. Anyways, <laughs> anyone grew up in a Baptist church? Definitely aren't gonna, couple, wow. They're like, you got five minutes, pastor. I'm leaving this place. <laughs> I grew up in an Assemblies of God church, and then after that, we went to a Baptist church, and then we went to an AME church. It's just a cool way to say a black church. Anyways, <laughs> after the AME church, uh, we went to this Pentecostal church, and I remember going to this Pentecostal church, and the pastor, every service, he wanted to close out with a time of prayer. And if you grew up in the Pentecostal church, you know that prayer in that realm looks a little bit different, okay? So I was like a little kid, and I'm like, whoa, this is crazy, you know? Like, what's in these people? And I remember the pastor, he comes over to me, he places his hand on me, he goes, Mark, you speak in tongues now. And I look at him, I'm like, nah. <laughs> like, I'm straight. But this man, he was just so passionate about seeing people encounter and experience the power of the Holy Spirit in their life. And I want you to hear me on this because Paul didn't just want these young Christians to know the Holy Spirit. He wanted them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And today, that's exactly what I want you to do. I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because... When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're filled with the power of God. You see, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, we see a little while after Paul actually showed up in Ephesus, what we learn is he was under Roman imprisonment. And as he's under Roman imprisonment, he starts to write the book of Ephesians. And this is where we get this text. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Paul says to the church of Ephesus, if in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, 
you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. See, what Paul is saying to them is if you have believed in Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. You've been sealed of the Holy Spirit. Trying to help some of you with your doctrine today. If you have accepted Jesus Christ into your life, you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. But in Ephesians chapter 3, what we'll see is Paul, he goes a little bit deeper. He tells them that he can't stop praying for them, not to just know the Holy Spirit or to have the Holy Spirit, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And look at what he says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. They have it on the screen. It says, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Skipping down to verse 19, he says, May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God through his spirit. I just have such a bold conviction to let you know right now. I did not come on this stage and pray and prepare to preach a fluffy, convenient message. I did not come on this stage to to preach something fuzzy and funny and cute to you today. I want the church of Jesus Christ to wake up and recognize God desires us to be filled of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of God. It's the power of God within us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. And just as Paul prayed this prayer, over the church of Ephesus. My prayer over the past couple weeks is to help you understand life transformation does not take place by you showing up to church on a Tuesday night. Life transformation does not take place by your ability to know the Bible all the way from Genesis to Revelations. The Pharisees tried that. Life transformation doesn't take place by your good deeds and your good effort. Life transformation takes place when you realize the power of the life that is within you. The power of the life that is within you. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Number one, I want you to get this. The power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has power to change you. The Holy Spirit has a power to change you. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. I love this text so much. Lindsay, could you bring me that water bottle? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it says this, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, somebody say instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I just love Paul so much because if you know Paul, this man's like a theologian. He knows the Bible from cover to cover. He's a brilliant man. But what I just find so funny about this text is that Paul, to shape an analogy of the Holy Spirit, he speaks about liquor. And maybe he just needed to speak in terms that we would understand. This is not the first coincidence. How many of you know in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit falls in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, many people are looking at these believers speaking in tongues and prophesying, go, yo, they must be drunk. They must got lick in their system. But I love what Peter says, because Peter, how many of you know, Peter's like, press 9 a.m. 
We ain't turning up yet. <laughs> they full of the spirit, dog. I just love this because I just feel like, man, God is a genius and he's speaking in terms that we understand. But how many of you know? Let's just use this bottle as a little illustration. This was a bottle of your favorite liquor. None of y'all got a favorite liquor. Y'all don't drink. Okay, anyways. <laughs> if this was a bottle of your favorite drink, and if I were to take this whole thing to the head, how many of you know? <laughs> your boy gonna be struggling, all right? How many of you know? Everything about your boy starts to change. I start talking different. My mind starts slowing down. I lose my social awareness. But what Paul is saying is don't be drunk on wine or alcohol, but just as you would take that whole thing to the head, how about you take the Holy Spirit to the head? Because if you were to fill yourself of the Holy Spirit, you would be forever changed. Everything about you would be changed. You begin to think different. You begin to talk about people differently. You begin to think about things that are honorable in the eyes of God. You think about things that are pure in the eyes of God. Your habits are changed. Your desires are changed. Where you felt weak, you find strength. Where you desire to do the things of the world, you desire to do the things of God. Your patterns start to change. And it's not only something that you can recognize, it's something everyone around you can recognize. But it only happens when you're you're filled with the Spirit. And so many of us today, we've been trying to change our life on our own strength. But friends, can I tell you today, your strength is limited. You want to change your life. You need the infinite power of the Holy Spirit to change your life from the inside out. The Holy Spirit has the power to change your life. But not only that, the Holy Spirit has the power to work through your life. The Holy Spirit has the power to work through your life. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. I don't want you to miss this verse. This is so important that we get this. This is foundational for us if we're followers of Jesus. Jesus would look at the disciples after he appears back to them, and he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit is on your life, and you will be witnesses to all of my works in all of Jerusalem, all of Judea, all of Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. To the very ends of the earth and I want you to understand what Jesus is calling his disciples to he's saying I want you to live your life on mission I want you to share the gospel and the good news with other people but isn't it interesting that this is literally moments after Jesus gave them the great commission see in Matthew chapter 28 many of us know this he says I want you to go out into the world baptizing people in the name of the Father Son and of the Holy Spirit but fast forward a couple moments later he says, but wait, 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 wait. 
You must understand in order for you to be effective in this life, in order for you to make change in this life, in order for you to bring impact here on earth, you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You need the power, you need the power, you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Why? Because when you have the power of the Holy Spirit, people may no longer see you, they see God in you. They don't see you, they see the God that is in you. They see the power of God in your life. And today, I'm trying to help some of you who may be a little further along in the faith journey understand the Holy Spirit didn't just come to be a source of joy or comfort, a helper, an advocate, a guide, or a director for your life. Many of us heard that sermon already. The Holy Spirit has come to empower you, to impact the world, and flip this world upside down with the message of Jesus Christ. I'm tired of seeing a complacent church. I'm tired of seeing a whole bunch of sipping Christians. We're sipping on the Spirit, and we're not filled with the Holy Spirit. We've gotten complacent, and we're sitting back waiting on somebody else to come. Can I put you on notice today? No one else is coming except us. It's on us. No one else. No one else is coming. And he's put his Spirit in us to empower us and work through us. Try to help you understand today. If you're filled with the Spirit, if you're living with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, when you walk into that room, people can't help but notice there's something different in you and on you. When you end up in your, your office, people in your office, they can't help but recognize there is something different in her and on her. When you go to school, People can't help but notice when you are filled of the Holy Spirit, there is something different in her and on her, and I want that for my life. And I just feel like so many of us today, when it comes to this idea of impacting the world and evangelizing and sharing the gospel, so many of us today, we feel like we don't have what it takes. We feel like, I don't have the confidence, I don't have the words. Can I tell you, you don't need the words, you need the Spirit of God. He goes before you, and he's the one that's going to work in and through your life. I need you to understand this today. God doesn't want people to look, or God wants people to look at you and say there's something different in him and in her, and I want that for my life. So many of you today, you've been walking with Jesus for five plus years, but you haven't shared your faith with somebody since day one. You're hiding behind this excuse of, I don't have what it takes. I'm not confident enough. Can I tell you, you don't need confidence in you. You need confidence in the God that is within you. It's the one, he's the one that has the power to change lives. You know, what I think is so interesting is so many of us today, we have people sitting underneath the roof of our homes. We've got people in our families. We've got people in our workplaces and workspaces and our classrooms that don't know Jesus. They haven't come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They maybe even haven't heard the gospel. Can I just tell you the truth today? This is something that God's been impressing on my heart. The gospel hasn't reached its final destination until each and every person on this earth, on this planet, has heard the good news of Jesus. 
And I think we, we don't live with this urgency. I think that we need to wake up and realize it's on us to start living with this holy urgency, this holy fire in our heart and ask the Holy Spirit to empower us that when we show up at that coffee shop, people see something different on your life. We gotta start living with this urgency, friends. We can't be passive Christians any longer. God is waiting on us to take the steps. What I think is so interesting about this, if you do research actually on Jesus's ministry, what you would learn is Jesus's ministry, it's said to be, only covered a span of 100 miles. His earthly ministry, as he walked the earth and healed people and prayed over people, casted out demons and all the signs and miracles, it only covered a 100 mile radius. But what is so interesting about this is that Jesus only covered 100 miles, but he looks at the church of Jesus Christ and says, you'll receive power to take the change and the challenge and the mission of God to the ends of the earth. All powerful, all knowing, in control of all things, only went 100 miles, yet says we are going to go to the ends of the earth. This is our wake up call. This is our call to action. We talk about revival. We say we want to see a revival. Friends, hear me. Revival isn't happening through a speaker on a stage with a mic. Revival isn't happening by way of a man with a podcast. Revival is happening when the church wakes up the Holy Spirit within them and lives on mission, the life that he has called them to live. We gotta wake up, we gotta wake up, we gotta realize God is calling us to live the life that is spirit-filled, empowered, and filled by the power of his Holy Spirit that we might be changed in the world that we wish to see. And I know as I talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, and I joke about being in a Pentecostal church, I want you to know today, I still do believe in the charismatic gifts. I still do believe if you're filled with the Spirit of God, you got the power to speak in tongues and prophesy. I still believe that God wants to work in our generation to do the supernatural. But friends, we got to wake up and get out of the natural and step into the supernatural power that he's called you to. Can't be passive. Can't be passive. Can't be waiting. Can't be waiting. Last thing I want you to get today, the Holy Spirit has the power to strengthen you. The Holy Spirit has the power to strengthen you. John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus would say this, and I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. See, that word advocate in the Greek, it it means paraclete. Which when you translate that, that means helper. And if you were to read this verse in different translations, the CSB and the NASB, that word advocate, it's, it's used or replaced with the word comforter or counselor or helper. And what I love about this specific verse, I want you to get this today. Jesus, as he says this, he's in his last moments of his life. This is the night before he was crucified where he's going to die a sinner's death, the most gruesome death in all of history and humanity. And notice in this moment, Jesus, he isn't crying out for help. Instead, Jesus is worried about giving us the help that we need to live this life. I don't want you to miss out on the kindness of God. He isn't focused on being helped. He isn't crying 
about his situation. He's saying, I want to I help you. I want to help you live the life. He says, I'm going to send my spirit, my helper, my comforter, my counselor. And you know, when I think about this verse, this is something that I've been meditating on for the past month. Because I, I couldn't need this reminder in my life. Now more than ever, I need this reminder on a daily basis. You know, I'll just be vulnerable. I think sometimes pastors get caught up in protecting their image and acting like they have it all figured out. Here at The Exchange, we say, authenticity is our heartbeat. And I just want to be real, the last three weeks of my life have probably been the hardest days of my life. You know, I'll date it back to three weeks ago. I remember my daughter started getting sick, and it was like we started, thought it was just a cold at the time, but it started to progress and turn into an ear infection, and then it started becoming other crazy stuff. We had to take her to the doctor a couple different times, and my wife got what my daughter had. On top of that, pretty crazy, you won't believe it, I was playing football the day before Easter. And as I was playing football with some of my guys from the church, I, I tripped and fell and I hit my head. I had a concussion right there on the spot. I wake up, I'm in the hospital, and I don't know anything that's taken place. I had forgotten months worth of things and events that took place in my life. My wife takes me home and after about 48 hours, I come back to myself and I wake up, but only to wake up to a call from my best friend saying that one of his relatives just passed away. And there Michelle and I are 48 hours through this concussion and this injury that I experienced, praying and grieving with our best friends as they experienced loss in their family. On top of that, one of my staff members, she calls me and she goes, Pastor Mark, I think I got to go back home. My husband's mom she may have cancer and they're running tests and things are crazy right now because she's a caregiver to pretty much all of the family and I'm there praying with her and we're grieving together and asking God to heal this, heal her grandmother or heal her mother and things are just all out of whack. And on top of that, I get another phone call from, from the church, someone at the church. One of our volunteers passed away and they asked me if I can do the funeral service and I'm preparing for a funeral service and not long after that, a whole bunch of family drama starts taking place in my family and things feel like it's falling apart only to find out I gotta jump on a plane to go to Atlanta to go to a conference and I'm there in Atlanta but things back home are overwhelmingly crazy and out of whack and I'm like, God, what is taking place? And I get off the plane and as I get off the plane, overwhelmed with everything that's taking place in my life. I start grumbling. I'm like, God, come on. Not now. Things have been so good, God. Why is this happening? And I'm grumbling and I'm mad and I'm frustrated at God. And as I'm walking into the terminal, I get this nudge from the Holy Spirit. And he said, Mark, things are bad. You are going through a lot. You are walking through a lot. But can I just remind you of the simple verse? My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. But the thing that really struck my heart is that God told me, if you continue to feel this way, it's not because I've moved. It's because you've moved. And you haven't been seeking my spirit. You haven't lived with a daily dependence on my Holy Spirit. You know, I'm just sharing this with you today because I want you to know I'm, 
I'm a normal dude just like you. And life is hard. There are moments where things are painful and challenging and overwhelming, where we experience loss and hardship and setbacks and opposition, but I just feel that you need to know you're not alone. The Holy Spirit, he is your helper. He's your comforter. He is your encourager and your uplifter in a time of need. And if you focus on him, he can strengthen you. He can uplift you. He can comfort you. And as I was preparing for this message, this, this quote from Francis Chan came to me, and it says this, I want to live so that I am truly submitted to the Spirit's leading on a daily basis. Christ said, it's better for us that the Spirit came, and I want to live like that is true. I don't want to keep crawling when I have the ability to fly. I don't want to keep crawling when I have the ability to fly. I don't know what you're walking through today, but I'm here to tell you, God didn't create you to crawl through this life. God didn't create you to crawl through this life. Instead, he gave you the power of his Holy Spirit to endure life's greatest obstacles and challenges. You know, as I close out this message today, I always love closing out a message with some practical application and practical points. And as I was praying, asking God to give me some practical points to close out this message and send you home, he didn't give me that. It's so funny sometimes how how the Holy Spirit works when you actually seek him out, how he actually reveals to you something that's completely opposite of what you've been thinking or pursuing. He didn't give me practical application. Instead, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me this. I don't want you to miss this. He said, I just wish my people would focus on responding to my spirit just as much as they focus on seeing me move in their life. I just wish, Mark, that my people would focus on responding to my spirit just as much as they focus on seeing my hand move in their life. And tonight, I am believing that there are people in the room that are gonna leave this place forever marked and transformed and changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm believing there's people that are gonna wake up and rise up and realize the spirit of the living God is in you. And tonight is the night that you respond. That's been my prayer, that you would respond. Not waiting for tomorrow, not waiting for when it feels right, not, not waiting for a, a convenient moment, not waiting when I'm in the midst of opposition or struggle and I need God's help. I, I just don't want you to hear this message and pass up an opportunity that I believe is a God-ordained opportunity for you to respond to the power of his Holy Spirit. I want this message to disrupt your life. I want this message to break your normal routine. I want this message to disturb you that tomorrow and the day after that and the week after that and the month after that and all the years to come in your life that you would wake up on a daily basis and cry out for the power of the Spirit of God in your life. So here's what we're going to do. 
We're gonna respond. We're gonna respond in faith today. You know, last week, like I said, I was at a conference in Atlanta. And as I was at this conference, it was a conference pretty much for lead pastors and teaching pastors of, of churches. And I'm at this conference at Passion City Church there in Atlanta, Georgia. And as I'm there, all these lead pastors, about a thousand lead pastors and teaching pastors from all across the nation are gathered in this room to really just grow in our teaching skills and our giftings as preachers. And there was a moment on day two of the conference where they just created a still moment in the room for every single person to respond and be refilled and refreshed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as I'm sitting there, calling out to God, praying, and asking God to refill me and refresh me and God to give me wisdom to navigate through everything we're navigating through, to God strengthen me again, God speak to me again, God refill my spirit. I I get up and I look to my right and there to my right, there's this 15-year-old boy. They got a picture on the screen of this 15-year-old boy down on his face with his hands up And in that moment, I'm here thinking, I'm like, we're at a pastor's convention. What is this kid doing here? And in that moment, God checked my heart. And he said, Mark, this is the practical application. I'm waiting on a generation to fall on their face, to cry out for my presence, to open their hands, to open their heart, to open their minds, to open their eyes, to see me and call on me and encounter me. This is the application. So many of us in the room today, we feel weak. Can I tell you, you will forever feel weak if you're not filled with his power. So many of you today, you feel like you're not equipped to evangelize, to share the gospel, to be the change in the world that you wish to see, to share the hope of the gospel with your parents and those who are under your roof that are lost. Some of you don't feel like you have what it takes to get through this moment in your life. Things feel upside down. It may be upside down, but friends, can I tell you, there is a helper, there's a counselor, there's a comforter, there's a healer, There's a redeemer, there's a restorer, and his name is the Holy Spirit. So I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to stand to your feet. And just as the team is up here, we're gonna sing this song, Everything is Changing. And today, maybe you're wondering, how do I be filled with the Holy Spirit? How do I receive the power of God in my life? I want you to know, first and foremost, you must step into a relationship with Jesus. You must acknowledge that you are a sinner in need of grace and God sent his son to be the grace that you need. The second thing that you must do is acknowledge that you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to live the life that God has called you to live. So what does that look like? For some of you in the room, that just looks like a moment where you're standing still, calling on the power of the Holy Spirit. For some of you in the room, this looks like bowing down and kneeling down right here at the altar or in your seat and calling on the Holy Spirit. For some of you, you need to repent because you know you've done what Ephesians chapter 4 tells us. You've grieved the Holy Spirit because you've got unrepentant sin in your life. You keep on doing the things that God delivered you from. 
Some of you in the room today, you need to just call on the Holy Spirit. Say, God, I need your Holy Spirit to fill me to get through this week. I need your Holy Spirit to heal me. I need your Holy Spirit to deliver me. Some of you want peace and you feel like it's impossible to have peace in a peaceless world. You can call on the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he is a source of peace. Some of you feel so disrupted and empty in your spirit. You need to call on him to fill you again. That's what we're going to do right now. Nobody's worried about what you're doing. They're doing their thing. But I don't want you to miss this moment. This is your moment to respond and experience the power and presence of God in your life. So here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to get up and walk out this room. I don't want you to worry about your neighbor. I don't want you tossing and turning in this moment. I want you to be still and call out for the presence of God. So Holy Spirit, right now we're here to receive. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to fill us afresh. Holy Spirit, have your way, Lord. Change us. Transform us. Lord, recreate visions in our life, visions to see you and encounter you, to hear from you. Lord, when we go home, I pray that, Father, we would continue to experience your power in our life. Lord, we are forever changed in your presence. We're forever changed. Cry out to the Spirit right now. If that's you, you're saying, I want to be filled. Call out to him. He's here. He's in the room. He wants to change you. He wants to transform you. He wants to strengthen you. He's here in the room.